Warning, Weird West Radio contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Welcome, everyone, to Weird West Radio on Rainman Digital, Rainman Digital's exclusive Western show. I am Michael, your host, and I'm riding side saddle today. It's more comfortable that way. It is. It is. Yeah. And uh, David's also riding side saddle, not on the same horse as me, but um, he's actually on a jackass. <laughs> I'm on a mule. Yeah. I'm on a mule. That's that's his preferred. As long as I'm not dressed as a nun, we're fine. Yeah, that's your preferred beast of burden. <laughs> Wait, did you say you were riding a nun? Is that what no, you just no, said? Riding dressed as a nun. Because that's blasphemy, David. And I will go over there and I will throw <laughs> holy water at you. <laughs> All right. So today we are going to be delving into some Western related news. Thankfully, and I, I, we must thank the Western gods because we have a lot in the works here and the way of Westerns. I want to say the next two years is going to be filled with more Westerns than we've seen in a very long time. Yeah. There seems to be a resurgence of like the Western genre, especially in, you know, like um, cinema today. I mean, there's so many not, and even like, not even like straight Westerns. You're seeing like a lot of, what is it called? When you say straight Neo. westerns, are you talking about gay westerns? No, 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 no not gay westerns. <laughs> that might be kind of fun. But like, do, do you say think, like neo westerns. You think the cowboys ride side saddle in the gay westerns? All the time. <laughs> but like, say for example, like you're seeing a, a resurgence in the western genre, mm-hmm. even with like neo western type of uh, storytelling or contemporary western. The style of the western is finding its way in, into different. TV shows, movies, hybrid genres. And here at Weird West Radio, we're all about hybrid genres. I mean, Weird West is a hybrid genre. So, yes, David, you're right. They are. I don't want to say it's a full on resurgence because it's not. And it never will be. We're not going to be getting, you know, 150 Westerns a year. I would be there for that. I'm all there for that. If somebody said, hey, Mike, would you like to watch 150 Westerns that are all brand new and great this year? I would say, yes, sir. Please show me the way. But as we know, that's not going to be a thing. But because we have so many streaming services and we have lots of paid television shows now like HBO Showtime. And then, of course, we have the movies, the theatrical side of things. It has allowed for more Westerns to find its way to audiences because of that, because we have more than one avenue. We used to have two roads. Now we have three roads. roads. And because of that, we are getting more Westerns. Uh, First off, first on the list is Taylor Sheridan. If people don't know who Taylor Sheridan is, you need to look him up and you need to start uh, worshiping him, maybe create an altar (laughs) in his name because he's one of the biggest names right now in Westerns. And he, he's been slowly getting there. Uh, He's a director and writer. He has directed films like hell and high water with Chris Pine, which was a Western, a Neo Western, a Neo Western. Uh, He did Sicario, which was a Mexican Western contemporary had a lot of gunplay, had a lot of the classic Western framing when it came to when it comes to the way the shots are are sized up, the cinematography. And then his biggest claim to fame, I would say right now, is the Yellowstone series on Paramount on TV. Yeah. We all know uh, how great Kevin Costner can be. And the show is written very well because Taylor Sheridan is the showrunner and Taylor Sheridan is is a good writer. He's a good director too, but he's a better writer than he is a director. Yeah. And that's not insulting him. I'm just saying he's really good at writing. 
Well, because I think he gets more of his creativity out when he's writing. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you can't do everything you want to do when you're directing a movie, as we know. But uh, from the writing side, he's pretty much on it when it comes to his projects. And to make things even better for us, Dave, we're getting a full-on Western series brought to you by Taylor Sheridan. And it's a Yellowstone prequel titled Y1883. And the reason why this is exciting is because, yes, it's a prequel to Yellowstone, but it's an eight, it's an 1883 Western. So we're yes. getting a true Western. Uh, Yellowstone fans uh, can rejoice. We're finally getting some cast details on the mysterious Yellowstone spinoff that was announced during the Super Bowl. So we had heard this several months back, but that was it. No one really knew whether this was going to be like a true spinoff series and maybe be about one of the characters already established in Yellowstone. Uh, but no, this is going to be a prequel spinoff series that officially takes place in 1883 and it will premiere sometime in December. We don't have a date yet and it will be exclusively on Paramount plus. Yes. Uh, what is the Yellowstone prequel about? We do have some details here. 1883 follows the Dutton family, which if you're not watching Yellowstone, no spoilers here. The Dutton family is the main group of characters in the main show of Yellowstone. So we're going to see how this family, I want to say, gained their power yeah. and their prestige as they embark on a journey west through the Great Plains towards the untamed america according to paramount plus it's a stark retelling of western expansion and an intense study on one family fleeing poverty to seek a better future in america's promised land which is montana montana and dude i am so psyched for this because this is like this series is gearing up to kind of be a reminder of or a throwback to like the westerns of you know the john ford days you know like the while some of john ford's old westerns haven't aged well the overall story is there it's about expansion it's about all his stories tell the west of how it's a harsh land that basically people just strived and worked their tit asses especially off his survive. later work Ford's later work as well oh yeah, yeah. absolutely and, and I, I think even more so I would say I, I've been really psyched ever since they actually announced 1883 I'm like been chomping at the bit to knowing are we covering it Dave are we gonna cover it yeah, we do a lot. You. We do a lot. It's so up to you. Maybe we'll cover willing. the pilot and then we'll cover the finale. And then in the finale episode, we talk about everything that's transpired because I we just have too much on our plate to cover their series. But, but dude, this I series am really tempted. is gearing itself up to be honestly something really of high quality. Dude, it really is. Now, you may say, well, Yellowstone has Kevin Costner and we all love Kevin Costner. Yeah. Well, this series is getting Sam Elliott. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why I would tell people, okay, you got Kevin Costner. I give you Sam Elliott. Yeah. How, well, how are you going to get better than Kevin Costner? Eh, how about some Sam Elliott action? <laughs> Sam Elliott. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm really excited about that. We are also getting, and I don't really care about this one. I don't even know if the guy can act. Tim McGraw. Oh yeah. The, the country, country singer. singer. And then his wife, Faith, Faith Hill. Hill. Not aware that they're actors, but hey, listen, I have faith in Taylor Sheridan. I don't think he's going to cast two people that suck at acting. No. So we'll see what happens. Well, I don't know if you saw this. There was actually a, a recent one, too. I don't know if uh -huh. you were going to cover it. Go ahead. But Billy Bob. I know. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I give you Sam Elliott. All right, try to one up yourself, Billy Bob Thornton. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> okay. People may not know this. You might not even know this because there's not really a lot of films and TV shows where we can talk about Billy Bob Thornton. No, but there's not. he is. People may not know this about me. He is one of my favorite actors. Billy Bob. Yeah, and he is probably on my top five because that guy is so fucking good. The, the roles he plays are so good. He's very underrated. He unfortunately became 
uh, drowned by his own reputation yeah. early on that he was a bad boy. And then the whole him and Angelina Jolie wearing, you know, vials of blood around their neck. <laughs> Unfortunately, he just came off as a bit of a loon and people didn't take him seriously. But the guy is a very good actor with some fucking crazy range. So yeah. I am really excited to see what they do with him. Now, I don't know if he's going to be a main star. It sounds like he's going to be an on again, off again, guest spot. I, I, that's fine with me. Oh, still, yeah. no, yo, because I'm okay with that. You're, you're controlling how much Billy Bob you get. <laughs> and I'm like, going, that's how it should be. Dude, Billy Bob Thornton and Sam Elliott on the same screen. It, it's amazing to me that Yellowstone itself the series Taylor Sheridan has gotten three of my top 10 favorite actors today. Yeah. And he, he got Kevin Costner, which was fantastic. But then in his next series, he gets Sam Elliott and Billy Bob Thornton. And I'm like, going, he has some pull the to guy, pull these guys. Yeah. To pull these actors and say, Hey, I want to work with those guys. And I'm going to, on top of that, bringing the, that type of talent to a, streaming service show because those names themselves, Sam Elliott, Billy Bob Thornton well, and Kevin Costner. Yeah. You'd only think about feature length film. Well, okay. Well think about these other actors because Tyler Sheridan has an eye for talent. So hella high water. You had Chris Pine and Ben Chris Foster. Pine. Yeah. Ben Foster is fucking amazing. Not enough work for that guy. And he, who else was in that movie? Jeff Bridges. Now look at Sicario. Come on. Benicio del, del Toro, Toro is amazing. He's a really good actor. And Josh Brolin. Another one. So he has worked with some really good actors. This guy doesn't play around when it comes to his casting. Oh, yeah. So, all right, well, let's move on. I, I feel like people understand our excitement when it comes to that. And if you're a Western fan, I'm sure you are also salivating and waiting impatiently for 1883. All right, so Dark Winds. This is more in line with the title of our show. Dark Winds Western Noir Thriller series from executive producer George R.R. R. Martin has officially been greenlit at AMC. Now, this is going to be really good. Now, Dark Winds is considered a weird West. Yes. AMC Networks is betting their next big series in Dark Winds, a Western noir thriller from executive producers George R.R. R. Martin. Now, if you don't know who that is, that's that's the creator of Game of Thrones. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and also executive producers or producer Robert Redford, another capable individual. Yes. Alongside additional producers, uh, Tina Elmo and Vince Gardas, the detective series follows two Navajo police officers in 1971. So it is a bit of a neo weird West as they search for the perpetrators of multiple yet seemingly disconnected crimes. Uh, the series will be created and executive produced by Graham Rowland, the creative behind projects like Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, which was fun. I liked it. Almost Human and Fringe, both really both good shows. Really, really good shows. So this show has the ability to be really great. And, and I want to preface when they bring up George R. R. Martin, right? I want people to the haters out there because there are haters out there. Wait, George R. R. Martin. There? Yeah, because really? they connect into the Game of Thrones and they don't oh, realize you mean the, the final season. Yeah, they yeah, don't he, realize he didn't have a part in that. He had no part of that. Yeah, he had the he had the, the the biggest part of George R. R. Martin was he created Game of Thrones. He didn't finish it. No, he and he wasn't the showrunner of the TV he wasn't show. Showrunner. He was the writer of the books. He was the writer of the books and yeah. the creator. So you're getting the guy who created arguably one of the most hotly franchises I right say, now. I would say one of the most popular franchises of this decade. Yes. Of the modern era. With Game of Thrones. Yeah. You're dealing with the guy who created that. Mm -hmm. And they're bringing him on for Dark Winds. And they're working with the people that did Almost Human in French. <laughs> I can't take it. That, like, that's good. It's going to be a it's going to be a hell of a series, dude. And the main actor is Zon McLaren. I'm hoping I say his name right. I want to make sure this is the actor I'm thinking of. Hold on a second, because he is really good. He's from Westworld. Yes, he's from Westworld and he's from uh, Longmire. 
He is such a good actor. He is. And I've been waiting for him to have a role. In fact, when Clint was on the show with me doing Word Was Radio every week, we had talked about him quite a bit because Clint is a big fan of of Zon McLaren. And he himself said, dude, he's got to be in something like a Western soon. And sure enough, he's taking the reins on this upcoming Western series. Now, this is based on a long running book series by Tony Hillerman. Yes. I have not read them. The title of the book series is Leap Horn and Chi. I already put book one on my wish list to order. So I'm going to read that book. I had no idea this even existed. Yeah, it's not very well, well known unless you actually are big into like the, the book circles with Tony Hellerman, but it's a very longstanding series. And I actually read, I think two of the books, um, just picking them up and everything. And believe me, they are really engrossing. Like, once you get, once you sit down and you start reading, you can't stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have it on order, Dave, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll review the first book before this comes out because this is set to premiere sometime next year. So we will see what happens. I'm sure there's some COVID pushbacks as well that may push the series further into 2022. We'll see. All right, Dave. Also coming out very, very soon, November 17th. 2021 at the theater as well as Netflix, but you better see it at the theater. The power of the dog, the whistling cowboy. If you don't get chills when you watch the trailer, then you're not a spaghetti Western fan. Yeah, You're not a Western fan because what a great concept. What a way to tie in a spaghetti Western trope without just copying the soundtracks of spaghetti westerns no make a cowboy that whistles that's tell me that isn't a concept for spaghetti western yes and that's the thing is like when you watch the trailer dude the trailer just gave me chills so it's starring benedict cumberbatch yes as the whistling cowboy kirsten dunce jesse plemons cody schmidt mcphee let's see who else is big here uh keith carradine and Francis Conroy. And The Power of the Dog is a 2021 internationally co-produced drama film written and directed by Jane Champion, who I am not familiar with. The film had its world premiere at the 78th Venice International Film Festival. Yes, it did. Just a couple weeks ago, uh, where Champion won the Silver Lion for Best Direction. That's a big deal. And, and not to toot its horn too early, dude. Mm-hmm. Already in a lot of film circles, this one is being called the best movie of the year. Really? Yeah. A lot of people have been saying like, oh, wait, this is this is the best movie of the year? Is this Oscar bait? It might be. Because it's, be interesting it's coming it out at the end of the year when all Oscar bait films typically are released. So, it could. oh man, that's good. We, and, and, we need and, and, a good Western to win an Oscar could again. You, yeah. Could you imagine a Western winning the, winning the Oscar? Oh, please. Let's that, do it. What's the I last Western? Been, What's the last Western that won an Oscar? Was it hateful? Not hateful eight. No, hateful eight didn't win. Hateful eight didn't win except for uh original score. Original score. For Marconi. Was it Django? No, I don't think Django won. Yeah, yeah they did. They won. It cleaned up. Did it? Yes. Did yeah. it clean up though? Because yeah. I, I didn't think it won Best Picture. I thought it. I thought it won everything else but Best Picture. Let me look it up. Let me see. Go ahead, keep talking. Because about. The, yeah, if you, if it's true, Django would have been the last one, and even then, that's a while away. That's that's a little far back. Uh, okay, back. so Christoph Waltz won for won. Best Supporting Actor. Yes, Quentin Tarantino won for, for best, best Original director. Screenplay or Best Not, Screenplay. Yeah, he got. An, he got snubbed uh, he for did, director. He, he didn't get nominated. Yeah. Uh, he, best sound editing nominated best picture. It was nominated and best cinematography. It was nominated. So, okay. It, so it didn't win the best picture because I remember that it got nominated, but yeah. it didn't win best picture. And Tarantino got snubbed that year because we're going to, we're, we're going to nominate you for best screenplay, but we're not going to nominate you for best director. <laughs> that always, that always irked me the wrong way that year. So, but like, but what's the last Western to win? Was it uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, the True Grit remake? I think it was True Grit. I think I think that might be it because that's the last Western 
that I could think of that was nominated that could have won was True Grit. Let's see here. Best writing adaptive screenplay was nominated. It didn't win. It was nominated for everything. Okay, wait a minute. We got to find this out. Best picture was nominated. Best director nominated. Best acting nominated, but did not win. Yeah, we do need to track this down here. Did Christian Bale's movie win an award? Oh, you, um, 310 to Yuma? No, the other one where he plays a Civil War or a post Civil War soldier, I believe. Dude, this, oh, the one that's actually considered a Western that uh, here it's listed is No Country for Old Men. Okay, so I have a list here too. Oscar Westerns that won Best Picture. Here we go. Because the closest one I think I could find is No Country for Old Men. And even then, No Country for Old Men, it, it's a Western, but... I think we need to put together a Patreon show and talk about this because we're taking up too much time. But the list I'm looking at here for all the... These aren't Best Picture, though. Uh, Django. Dance of the Wolves won everything that year. The Revenant. True Grit. The original. Unforgiven. These are all Westerns that want some... Uh, Oscar award. Hateful Eight, Butch Cassidy. Did Brookback actually get nominated? Brookback got nominated. Yeah, they don't count. Come on. <laughs> Mike, you gotta count it. Yeah, it's not really a Western. It's like a love story. All right, so let's move on. All right, so Power of the Dog premieres theatrically November 17th. I will be there. Oh, I'll be there. I'll watch and it's uh, set for a limited release. So it's not going to be all over the place. It'll probably be, be in the bigger cities, Los Angeles, Phoenix, New York, possibly Texas. And then it will be available for streaming about a week and a half later on December 1st on Netflix. I, I, a movie like this, Westerns, you have to <laughs> you see, them, see in them in the theater. theater. I know there are people that don't care about that, but me, that's a big thing for me. If it's this type of film, I feel like it deserves to be seen in the theater. All right, Dave, have you heard about the harder they fall film? The harder they fall. I've heard of it. Okay. So this one is, this is going to be hit or miss. This is more of a, let's just call it a black Western. Yes. And um, those are really fucking good. Sometimes the urbanized Westerns you want to call them or black exploitation type exploitation. Some of those are really, really good. But they're either really good, like Posse with Mario Van Peoples. Yes. Or they're just awful. <laughs> God awful. This one is titled The Harder They Fall. It's an upcoming American Western film directed by uh, Jamez Samuel. The film stars Idris Elba, Zazie Beats, who's my girlfriend, by the way. Uh, Regina King, Delroy Lindo, Keith Stanfield, R.J. Seiler, Danielle Dead Wheeler. Eddie Gathagy and Dion Cole. Uh, the Harder They Fall will have its world premiere at the BFI London Film Festival, scheduled to be released in a limited release on October 22nd. So, David, we're having two months of Westers back to back. Yeah. And it's, it has, honestly, this one has another really great lead in it, a really classic looking lead in Idris Elba. Yeah, I, think- I know. I love him. Idris Elba in a Western. That guy can do anything. Oh, yeah. Like, his range is insane as well. So, yes, please. Because he had his opportunity to be in a Western, one of the greatest weird Westerns of all time, titled The Dark Tower, and that was the biggest shit of all time. Yeah, so but he, didn't, he was he the did, shining spot of that movie. He was. Did. He was the shining coin, as I say on this show. Because even if you, sh- if you throw a diamond in a pile of poop and the sun is right on at the right time, it's going to sparkle. <laughs> exactly <laughs> and that was Idris Elba in in Dark Tower in Dark Tower. <laughs> he was a diamond on a plop of shit <laughs> yeah so The Harder They Fall premieres October 22nd uh, theatrically and then on Netflix November 3rd November 3rd I'm really excited for this one if you look at the trailer the trailer really does have a, a Euro exploit Euro slash exploitation Vibe, vibe to, to it. it yeah i'm actually looking at it right now and i love a lot of the costuming and a lot of like 
it 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 oozes the black exploitation vibe. It is produced by Jay Z, and that has me a little worried. However, the the main producer is Lawrence Bender, and Lawrence Bender has had a very very long, extensive, fantastic career. I mean, he has directed films. Pretty much all of Tarantino's movies, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2. Yeah. Inglorious Bastards. I believe he's been involved in every single one of his earlier films. He also was a producer on From Dust Till Dawn, Hacksaw Ridge, which was directed by Mel Gibson. Kill Shot. So this guy's produced some really good movies. And if he's the top producer, then I have a feeling this movie's actually going to be really good. Because be. if you look at his body of work, I don't think he's ever produced a turd. There's nothing here that's a turd. Maybe the Mexican, although that was, I like that movie. It bombed at the box office. It was a bit of a neo-Western with Brad Pitt and I believe Julia Roberts. And it was a bit of a love story yeah. about a, a revolver and it had Gene Hackman in it. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it, it was a good movie. Uh, James Gandolfini was in it as well, I believe. Maybe Gene Hackman wasn't in it. I think it was just uh, James Gandolfini. But yeah, that's um, Lawrence Bender producing The Heart of the Fall. That definitely gives us some a little more confidence in the project, right? Oh, absolutely. Because like when you get like, it's, it's really scary if it's like talent that you don't have any, uh, you don't have any previous, uh, work yeah. to kind of tell us, Hey, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, Or they've never produced anything of this caliber, like in the way of quality and style. Like I would feel like, I feel like the harder they fall. If you watch that trailer, the stylized trailer at least has how it conveys an idea that this or it conveys the thought that this film is going to be stylized yeah. i know sometimes trailers are completely different than the actual film and when you but looking at lawrence fit lawrence fishburne lawrence bender's Benders. other films they fit with that stylized vibe yes so all right let's take a quick break dave and then when we get back we're going to jump into the rest of our discussion we'll be right back y'all go nowhere weird west radio will be right back Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no No free stuff. stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to Weird West Radio on Rain Man Digital. Please find us on iTunes, iTunes Podcast, and give us a five-star rating. You don't need to give us a review if you're too busy, but a rating takes all of five seconds. You just scroll down. You look for the rating bar at the end of the feed on iTunes and click rate and click the five-star rating, please. That does help us get seen by more people. Also, patreon.com slash Rainman Digital. When you pledge to our Patreon page, a meager $4 a month, you will gain access to additional Weird West discussions that we have done throughout the years. It's our way of making a little bit of money and justify why we're here. And in the process, you get more content. Patreon.com slash Rainman Digital. Okay, so Dave, the next bit is all about Clint Eastwood. 
<laughs> Cry Macho is currently playing in theaters as of this recording. Yes. And is also available at the same time on HBO Max. Now, I did go see this at the theater. And it's definitely worth it. Thing I feel like, honest opinion here, you could probably get away seeing this on HBO Max at home. It's not big. It's not a big scale film with a lot of Western scenery, Western shots. So if you want to stay home and watch it on HBO Max, I, I feel like you would be just fine doing that. Well, also, I'm sorry. It's like getting a chance to actually see one of the, what I feel is the old guard type of oh, acting. Yeah. I'm, I'm not bashing it. I'm not saying people shouldn't go see it. I'm just saying these are one. I know people like to save money and not everyone's hidden theaters. And I'm usually that guy, David, that says, go to the theater, go to the theater, go to the theater. I don't care what your problems are. Go to the theater and see a Western. But uh, I just being, you know, fair here and objective. I feel like they could see it on their televisions at home and, and get the same and get the same vibe. Yeah. Get the same. They'll have the same effect. Cause it isn't a large scale action piece. No, because like mostly, especially nowadays I've noticed Clint Eastwood films tend to be a bit more personal, like yes. a little more, more smaller scale. Nuanced. It's, no, it's nuanced. Yeah. yeah. You're not, you're not going there for the glitz and the glam and the big wide Western shots that you would be expecting. Say like unforgiven. No, you're going for a more personalized story, a personalized nuanced narrative that's a character study, essentially. And you're not going to get like grand, magnificent shots in a character study. That's not how it works. Yes, there are exceptions to the rules, but lately with like, especially like Clint Eastwood films, you are expected to see basically an, an actor study. Yeah, that's what it is. Now it is his his. I'd say films of the last what fifteen years, oh, right? Easily. His last yeah. last fifteen years or so, mm-hmm. maybe even I think it started with Million Dollar Baby, is when he really started taking that more nuanced approach to to getting involved with the characters and having more of an emotional story to tell, opposed to the action that he had. You, you could probably even go to Unforgiven. Unforgiven was kind of like the beginning. Okay. The genesis of it, then Million Dollar Baby yeah, was like right after that, and suddenly he's starting to do something else. That's but, a good way of saying that, like the beginning, the genesis. Think about yeah. think about the last two two big films that he did that come to, to my mind. The Mule, for one, I actually enjoyed that film, and it was a very personal film. It was just really laid back, like an absolute character study into. Clint Eastwood. And so was that car one he did. Uh, Gran Torino. Which I think to me, that's Gran Torino was, I feel like that's his best movie he's done in a while. Oh, absolutely. That movie's so good. It, it It's for me, Gran Torino is the apex of what Clint, Clint Eastwood has turned into. Yeah. His trade as an actor, that is it right there. And yeah. that's why he, for me, Clint Eastwood's or Clint Eastwood is that star level that you go see a picture because of Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he's definitely the, the actor. His name is the driving force. Because if you think about it, there's not many actors that could that if you put their name in the headlines in today's in today's cinema, mm-hmm. none of them have that like pop like Clint Eastwood or even like a Robert Redford. Remember Robert Redford did, did one movie came out of retirement for one film that, that bank robbery film sneakers. <laughs> Remember that movie? Yes, I do. I love that movie. Screw you. It is a classic. It <laughs> was a yeah. good movie, but like he came out of retirement. I think it was like two or three years ago and did like a, Oh yeah. A, uh, a heist mm-hmm. uh, film. And like, People just went because, holy crap, Robert Redford's in a movie. Yeah. And you go to the cinema for that. With actors today, there's not that actor that I can say that has that type of pop. Yeah. Well, also, you and I aren't really actor guys, meaning there are only a couple actors that I go to there that I have to go see their movie at the theater. Uh, when it comes to directors, I there's numerous directors, there's numerous directors that I go see movies for. In fact, I probably go see movies more for directors than actors i don't care who's in your movie if a director i like is directing the film so 
That being said, Dave, um, we do have a discussion planned for Cry Macho uh, in the next couple of weeks here. Hey, yes, I know it's been out already, but I figured there are people out there that are interested in hearing our thoughts on Cry Macho because it is a neo-Western and it's Clint Eastwood. It's so crazy. it's definitely appropriate for this show. So keep your eyes open for that to hit our feet soon. Now, Dave, Vault Comics announces scary horror Western series. And I don't think people are ready for this. Because I know I wasn't. I'm hoping, David, that non-comic book fans are going to give this a chance. Because I hate to get all excited about something before it even comes out. However, this Weird West comic series is written by a comic book writer uh, that I'm a huge fan of because he's really good. Yes. He's very good. He's philosophical. He gets into the social political areas without necessarily being, I guess people call, what, what do people say nowadays? Woke. Woke. Without being overly woke, <laughs> but yet he does delve into important, serious topics, um, but not in a way that people who just want to read something will be turned off. Because there are people out there who are not like you and I, who like to think about everything and break everything down. Oh, what was he saying really in this page here? Or what was he saying, you know, during this moment in the movie, some people just want straight up escapism and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's why Cy Spurrier works so well as a comic book writer, because he does give you escapist, uh, escapist material. But if you want a little bit more, it's there. And that's why I'm getting really excited for this. Now, CBR uh, had the exclusive news for this that the horror western from Vault Comics titled Rush will be written by Cy Spurrier, Nathan Gooden, Addison Duke, Hassan Atzmain, Alau, and Tim Daniel. Uh, Vault Comics enters the era of the gold rush in The Rush, a scary western horror series from Cy Spurrier. He says, I've waited to tell the story for years. And that's always a good sign. When you have a creator who says, I've been wanting to tell the story for 15 years. That means they've been working on this through, you know, note format yeah. or even mentally thinking about it for so long that they have it all worked out. That's usually a good thing. So that gets me excited. And he says, finally, a project that allows me to merge my most stubborn concerns, myths, horrors of human desire and the power of stories. So this looks really good, dude. I, I'm and, and the best part by far, the rush is the abbreviated name. Do you know what the actual name is? What? The actual name of the title is this hungry earth reddens under snow clad hills. Oh yeah. 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 I did know that. <laughs> and I'm like going, does that not sound like a spaghetti oh. Western title? Yeah. And if you go to Simon, uh, size Spurrier's, uh, uh, website. He actually talks about how excited he is for this title, and some of the pages he put up there for for people to view. Look my great. God, they look yeah. fantastic. Well, I've already put on pre order the because of course nowadays everything is a cover, and then you have the variant cover, so you end up finding yourself buying numerous copies. And yeah. I've ordered, I believe there's two covers. There's actually cover there's A three. There's uh, three. That means I got to go add a third because for the first 10 issues, this is ongoing, correct? Yes. Now for the first 10 issues or maybe 12, usually I do the first year. I'll buy both versions, but also after that first year, typically they stop doing variants as well. So whatever comes first, either I give up or they give up. I'm going to be buying these because I'm doing the same thing right now with images, two moons. Yeah. Two moons because the variant work on two moons is amazing. And I've already looked through I've perused through the variant covers for Rush. And if the imagery says anything at all about what to expect, I think we could be really excited for this. Because it looks really good. We, we said this when we were reviewing Two Moons and Midnight Western Theater. That even if you're not into comic books, I feel like people would enjoy, Western fans would enjoy these types of stories. I would not pawn shit off on my listeners. No, I know that a lot of people don't like comic books. So if I'm suggesting something or even covering it on this network, 
on this show, it means there's some merit there. There's some value there. Yes. And this is going to be one of them. I, I really hope people check it out. Um, I'm hoping now it's not going to be a stinker since I'm blowing it so much, but I don't think it's going to be. Cy Spear hasn't, I, I don't believe, has ever delivered no. a turd. So if, if if the listeners do, if the listeners need some more prodding to go see this, all I'm going to tell you guys to is go see it or go read it is you got me excited. I thought, wait, find, is this a movie? Uh, automatically go find the cover B by Martin Simmons. And I'll post it on our web page yeah. with, with this discussion if when it goes on demand, this doesn't get you literally excited for a, supernatural horror western i don't know what will this is everything we love about weird west yeah this is why we do this show like i love all westerns but i have an affinity towards the weird side of the westerns you know the darker side so i'm really excited for that i believe do we have a date yet on that first issue i believe i want to say it's december does that sound right uh i'm looking at it now oh the rush drops october 2021 oh that's next month that's next month that makes me even more excited so we have a lot to look forward to that's why i started the show by saying there are a lot of westerns coming out (laughs) now midnight western theater we covered the first issue we do plan to continue that coverage we might just do one more show on the bulk of the issues i want to say there were six total issues correct so we, we may just read two through six and say, all right, this is, this is our final review on those because we don't have enough time to do individual shows for every single one. Two moons, though, I do want to get back on that, and I do believe we're going to do individual shows for each issue, at least for the opening year of releases. So we'll get say, back to yeah, doing that as well. Because two moons, there's a difference between two moons and Midnight Western Theater. Midnight Western Theater is kind of like... It's fun. It's a fun title to to read. Yeah. But with two, two moons, moons high quality shit. There's so much going on. There's so much diving into Native American culture. The folklore the, of it. The yeah. folklore and everything that you just have to see every single issue. Mm-hmm. But in Midnight Western Theater, it's one of those, you know, it's it's like a dime a dime store novel. It, that's what I think of Midnight Western Theater. It's kind of like you pick it up, you read it for fun. Yeah. And then you're done. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a lot of good things. Two moons we will be getting back to. And possibly even the rush will cover. We don't have a lot of time, but uh, if we decide to cover each issue, it may be delayed. We may go two or three months before we get to the next issue. Either way, we'll figure it out. David, did you know that there was a Spaghetti Western Digest? Don't lie. No, I did not. Neither did I. (laughs) Until about two weeks ago when I ordered one. Now, Dave, there is an actual quarterly published fancy, as they call them. Really? Am I saying that? Fancy? Yeah, Yeah. fancy. Which is a fan magazine that's published by several individuals that have been working within the fan side of Spaghetti Westerns for the better part of 30 years. Yes. So I want to get the news out. I want to get the word out that this exists. I purchased the number one. I'm in the middle of reading it right now. Uh, Once I'm finished, I want to do a review on the digest and talk about what it offers and whether or not it's worth your money. I'm thinking, I'm looking at it up right now. Is it the spaghetti Western digest from the spaghetti Western database? Is that what it's you're not at? from them, but they have listed it because it's part of it's a database. So, yes, it's called the Spaghetti Western Digest. It's not affiliated with the Spaghetti Western database, but it is on their site listed as uh, as Spaghetti Western content because that's what they do on their site. The Spaghetti Western Digest is a new publication focusing on the Italian Westerns. It is 200 pages of interviews, articles, reviews, and richly embellished with photos, lobbies and posters. Uh, the first issue contains writings by Tom Betts on his fabled fanzine Westerns, Al Italiana. Uh, Dennis Kapasik looks at some obscure Westerns. Steve Finn reviews A Fistful of Odors. Now, the whole thing about this 
is I want to learn something. I am a spaghetti western buff. I know a lot about spaghetti westerns. I don't know everything. There's a lot I don't know. And you know how I know that? By reading number one. David, I actually was educated on spaghetti westerns. That That hasn't happened in a very long time. So the fact that I'm reading this and I'm hearing from uh, people that I've never heard of and giving us inside information. And these are people who were actors on the set of these films behind the scenes, or I should say below the line people. And you actually learn a lot about not just some of the films that we're a part of, but the spaghetti Western and the Euro Western industry. And it's actually pretty interesting stuff. So I'm going to finish reading. And when I'm done, I'll probably put together some type of discussion or review around this digest and let people know what they're in for and whether or not they should subscribe to it. Pretty interesting. Stuff. This looks amazing. Actually. I, I, mean, t- I love their, I love their cover art. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's such well, a throwback to the Italian cinema uh, posters. Well, that's the other thing. I saw posters that I've never seen before from spaghetti Westerns. And I'm, I have seen, I thought I've known or I thought I've seen a lot of spaghetti Westerns or I should say a lot of spaghetti Western posters. I'll get it right. Eventually, David, don't make fun of me. All right. So last bit of news. We talked about this a couple years back. Clint and I, the weird West RPG that has been in the works now for quite some time. It was supposed to come out two years ago for whatever reason. It has been continually delayed. They announced this, and when they announced it, they gave us actual footage of the game, gameplay footage. It looks pretty fun. I'm hoping we get a definitive date. They are saying it's coming out in fall, the fall of 2021 now, and that's a new date that they recently updated. So if that's the case, and that's going to be coming out any day now, and once that comes out, we're going to do a couple things here. We're going to do a review on it. And also, we're going to play the game live on Twitch while we discuss and try to figure it out. That way, we could use Twitch for what it's designed for and hopefully bring in some new listeners to Weird West Radio. What do you think of that, Dave? I think that's a really good idea. I mean, I've, I've heard about this. I've heard about this game uh, for a while. I just never knew it came out yet. And it hasn't come out. So I'm saying it's supposed to come out in the fall. It's, it was supposed to come out a long time ago, but a long, it's, long time ago, yeah. it's been delayed. And some people say that's a sign that the video game sucks, but I disagree based on the, the footage. It looks pretty fucking great. It is designed like an RPG. So you're doing missions. You're, you have weaponry, you have potions, stuff like that. And it is a weird West. It's titled weird West for a reason because mm-hmm. There's the occult that's involved. There's magic. There's monsters. Uh, there's all types of cool things. I will post a link to the trailer in the discussion uh, on the on-demand version of this show on our website, RaymanDigitalMedia.com. So discover a dark fantasy reimagining of the Wild West where lawmen and gunslingers share the frontier with the fantastical journey through a story of a group of Atypical heroes written into legend by the decisions you make in an unforgiving land. Each journey is unique and tailored to the actions taken. A series of high stakes, high stakes adventures where everything counts and the world reacts to the choices you make. From a posse or venture forth alone into an otherworldly confines of the weird west. And make each legend your own. That I mean, I've been waiting for this game. I mean, they've yeah. We we've talked about it as well. Not I don't think on the show, but you and I have talked about me, it off. Yeah, me and you have talked about it because uh, I remember a long time ago that the trailer was released for Steam. Yeah, and I I sent this to you. I, me it was either you or me sent it to each other. We were like going, this sounds really up our alley. And now that I'm actually looking at it, uh, looking at it more, I'm like going. I remember this now. It's supposed to be kind of like five different tales and you can take uh, your character basically goes through all the five different tales in the weird West, which 
is actually really awesome. Yeah, it's. I think it looks pretty cool. It's not going to be everyone's thing. It isn't the the shooter, the typical shooter games that we get, no. which are usually what the western the western games that we do get. Typically, that's what they are are shooters, and that makes sense. But I, mean, I think it's, with this, this with, is different because this is totally based on the story, how the story is. Yeah, and I like stuff. I, and I, I'm a huge RPG guy. I'm a big Final Fantasy guy, and this is designed. Some somewhat, somewhat, somewhat of the older versions of of Final Fantasy. Yeah, it, ha- it seems like it has some of those game mechanics, right? Yes, it it definitely has like kind of like the the classic uh, top down uh, RPG styles. Yeah, that you would expect. Yeah, so I'm excited for that, David. This does bring us to the end of our discussion today. We have covered a lot. We have said a lot. We have fanboyed and all while sitting side saddle. <laughs> so that's quite a feat. I it is. If, please never say we're not talented because we just gave you all that information while sitting side saddle. And I'm on a donkey. Yeah. So I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to remind everyone iTunes, please. iTunes podcast. Find us there. Give us a five star rating. We need those ratings, guys. We really do. They help us grow. Uh, without ratings, we just don't hit those algorithms and we don't pop up on people's feeds when they search for anything Western related. So we do need your assistance. Also, if you want to throw a few dollars at us a month, you can go to patreon.com slash Rayman Digital. It also helps us stay on the air. I'm spending four to five hundred dollars a month on just energy costs because of the hot desert summer that we're having. And we need assistance. And it's the only way we can make money, which is through the listeners and your support. Subscribe. We're not just asking for money because when you subscribe, you also get content. So you help yourself out and you help us out. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you, David. Thank you. And good night. said he be taken from such prison to a suitable and convenient place of execution within said county and there be hanged by the neck till he be dead, dead, dead. Now, do you have anything to say, young man? Yes, Your Honor, I do. <clears throat> you can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs>